0: on everybody welcome back to the call-up presented by triple play fantasy we are back with you guys with another great week of prospect talk guys down in the minor leagues doing big things and everything under the sun as we do every single week of course joined by one of my co-hosts this week here in Vinny, aka down on the farm eight and a special guest that we're going to get to in just a second but first Vinny, how are you doing
1: Doing good. We had a nice eventful all-star weekend. Had some pretty cool stuff happen. Pretty, you know, crazy draft, I would say. After, like, the first three picks, it was a toss-up. And <laughs> When we get to that first-year player draft episode, it's going to be very interesting. There's a lot of interesting names. But then we finally had, you know, a preview, but we finally had Christian and Canacio Strand come up. Mm-hmm. We've been waiting all year for that. So, yeah, it's been a pretty busy week.
0: It has. I, I got to ask you, I was very tempted to bet on Dylan Cruz going number two to the Nats. And we were even talking about that in our Twitter group chat. Would you, did you feel confident that that was going to be the pick or did you think like, I felt like with the pirates going at number one, it was in so many different directions. And uh, did you expect the draft at least in the beginning to go as it did?
1: Yeah. Cause there was a lot of buzz leading up that Dylan Cruz was going to ask way too much or mm-hmm. at slot for the pirates. So the rumors were that they were gonna either go Paul Skeens and or Max Clark. But as we as time rolled by on draft day, Max Clark conversation totally cut off. So mm-hmm. that's why I started leaning on Paul Skeens. But yeah, it was pretty good, pretty good pick for the Pirates.
0: Between Skeens and Cruz, and LSU did things right with their uh two other top two players getting drafted 1 2 and I'll tell you who deserves to be a number 1 pick the guy that's also on screen with us right now <laughs> if you guys have been in the fantasy baseball space for a little while you guys heard him on the SP streamer podcast and he did the uh UT streamer work for him uh, over at spstreamer.com he is at UT streamer on Twitter he gives tons of his Red Sox takes usually hate on Twitter Uh, But this man's a diehard Red Sox fan, knows the organization from top to bottom, inside and out. It's Josh St. Marie in the house tonight. What's going on, Josh?
2: What's going on? I think I think that's a pretty good intro intro for me. I think the only thing you need to know to understand me is I am an incredibly biased individual. And in the baseball world, that means I'm biased towards Red Sox. (laughs) And there is there is also actually one player. Uh, in the first-year player draft, who I am also incredibly biased towards for different reasons, but I won't get into that right now.
0: <laughs> well, that will definitely be a fun conversation to have down the road. Uh, but as I mentioned, you are a diehard Red Sox fan, and not just at the Major League level. You know this prospects, this, this the whole organization from A-ball, double-A, AA, triple-A, you know the whole team. And I'm going to be curious to hear your thoughts, uh, You know, Vinny, One of the best prospect minds out there, Michael, of course, who we missed dearly tonight, also an amazing prospect mind. So I am interested to hear your thoughts over time in terms of your thoughts with some Red Sox players to their thoughts with Red Sox players. I just think it's very interesting. Do you feel like um, you are Roman Anthony's true number one fan?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I, I do, I do believe that it, it was more clear maybe a month ago. Uh, it is now far less clear because part of the name of the content game is hot takes. And I think a lot of people are using Roman Anthony to give off a hot take to get some, some clicks. So starting to see some of the takes I've had behind the scenes creeping into, uh, the, the real world here. But yeah, I think I, if I'm not number one, I am pretty close to it.
0: Well, you know what? If we're going to bring his name up and we're talking about you being his number one fan, I think we have to lead off the show talking about him as one of our top players of the week. And let's look at him right now, obviously in the Boston organization. He split time between a ball and high a ball so far this season. 292 plate appearance. He's got a 265, 408, 465 line, nine home runs, and 12 stolen bases. Uh, Almost 20% walk rate to go with that as well, Josh. Again, this is your guy. Boston is your organization. I want you to give our audience just your thoughts on Roman Anthony. If you have a player comp, I don't know if that's something that you have in your back pocket for him. But just tell us for those that have never heard or seen him play what we get with Roman Anthony.
2: Yeah, so I think, I don't know how long I'm allowed to wax on about a player, but I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm just going to take you down my Roman Anthony journey because I think for it's important for me to caveat all this with, I stumbled into Roman Anthony. I'm in a pretty serious 30-team dynasty league. I th- think it's the best league in the world. And I didn't have a pick in the first year player draft till the third round this year. And uh, one of the things that has developed is I am so biased towards the Red Sox is the entire league has reacted by being negatively biased against them. And so two Red Sox prospects were falling in that draft. One of them was Roman Anthony, but the other one was um, Mikey Romero. And that's who I had my sights set on and that's who I wanted. And I was telling everyone, I I need to trade up. I need to get this guy. I'll give you everything I got. I need the Red Sox number one draft pick. And people are like, "Ah, I got my own guy I want here, but maybe the next guy will trade you. Well, we got all the way up to the pick before me and Mikey Romero goes, I mean, he's fallen at this point, maybe around past where I expected him to go at least a round past where I started telling people I'd trade up and he gets sniped the pick before me. So I'm raging. I have nothing prepped. I am only focused on Mikey Romero. And I'm like, well, I might as well take this other Red Sox prospect that's fallen Roman Anthony. Uh, Come, come, come to my team. I'll root you on. I look, I you know, that's just how I am with the Red Sox. I I gotta find a way to get my my Red Sox on my team. Well, fast forward maybe a, a couple months, and I I start following him closely at single A, and I see a video of him hitting a double one day, but I just was so enamored by his swing. I have a, I'm have a lefty, so I have a really special spot for lefty swings, and Roman Anthony's, Anthony's got, in my opinion, the perfect lefty swing. It is absolutely beautiful, and at this point in time, he's not hitting very well. He, he's kind of struggling at a low A, and you know, no one's really talking about him. There's some rumblings about how good his eye is, but other than that, not much about this guy, but I see this swing and I, I loved it so much. I, I'm also a high school baseball coach, and my youngest brother's on the team. And I'm like, this is how you need to swing. I'm like, this is just copy this swing. And he's like, dude, he's not even hitting well. I'm like, no, trust me, this swing's beautiful. So that was the moment I fell in love with Roman Anthony. Well, fast forward to about a I would at this point a month and I don't remember when he was called up, about a month ago. He's called up to high A, which was kind of surprising because if you if you pull up Roman Anthony's stats, at low A, they're not good. He hit 228. He did have a 376 on base percentage, but his OPS was 693. And this is a guy the Red Sox are calling up to high A at a level where he's going to be the lo- youngest player at the level by six months. And so it's kind of like a whoa, what? What do the Red Sox see in this guy? You know, we know he has an elite eye, but he's not really hitting. He has a big ground ball problem. He's hitting everything into the ground. He was a guy who was projected as having uh, his carrying tool would be his power, but he's hitting everything into the ground. So it's not really working. Well, the theory is that they called him up to high A because this is going to sound absurd, especially when you see his his stats, the low A pitchers were just so bad that he just was refusing to swing and they couldn't get him to work on elevating the ball because he just had too elite of an eye for the level. So they threw him up to high A. And since then he's been on an absolute tear, He has played 20 games there now. And in those 20 games, he has all nine of his home runs in those 20 games. And he has a WRC plus at the level of 228. So that 149 WRC plus you see is uh, not telling the full story. Again, at a level where he is the youngest guy by six months. He's now even younger younger because Jackson Holliday was called up. He has a WRC plus of 228. And it's funny you asked me for a player comp. I don't really have a major league player comp, but I tweeted out jokingly a couple weeks ago that if Jackson Holiday played outfield, he would be Roman Anthony, and I firmly believe that. Um, now I'm hiding a little bit of his flaws. I don't know. Do we get into that in the show, or do we just talk about how awesome he is?
0: <laughs> I mean, you're saying you're Roman Anthony's number one fan, and you uh, gloat about him for a little bit. If you have like a, a quick part about his flaws, you don't have to like. Go too deep into it, but just maybe if people are looking at him, what they should be aware of in terms of maybe some holes in his game.
2: Yeah, so he he struggles with uh spin in particular, breaking pitches, but also there's some questions about how he will handle lefty pitching, and this is where it gets really weird for weird for Roman Anthony. He he only has. Uh, let me pull it up real quick against lefties at low A. He had a 4.35 OPS at high A. He had he has a five. 45 OPS against lefties Mm -hmm. for reference against righties at high as a 1.319 OPS. But the reason this is so weird um, lefties being a concern, he has had only five at bats against lefties at high A and it's not like the Red Sox are trying to protect him. That's something they uh, want him to work on. It's just like, for some reason, there just aren't a lot of lefties, I guess at high A, or just not a lot of lefties that the Red Sox have faced. And so that's something to watch with him going forward is he does have some platoon concerns, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you're going to hit as well, it, he's as he's hitting and the, the, you, you need a lot of large sample size field to, to tell if someone needs to be platooned. So, but only five at bats against lefty is a little weird, but well, that's, that's his thing.
0: I feel like I know a lot about Roman Anthony now for someone that hadn't known much about him going to the show. I will say that it's uh for those that are definitely watching once we put this out, uh, Roman Anthony, man, if he's out there uh, and you're in a league with Josh, he will trade you
2: <laughs> to get him <laughs> on his
0: team, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I love everything you're you're saying about him. Roman Anthony does seem like an amazing prospect and somebody that the
2: Red Sox will love having on their team for years to come. So I gotta on. say one last thing. I know yeah. I've talked a lot, but I would be I would be remiss. Just if people are wondering, I consider him the top prospect in the Red Sox system. I consider him borderline top ten in baseball. Um, baseball prospectus actually just last week, ranked him number nine overall in all of baseball. So this isn't just me being a biased Red Sox fan. There's some serious hype about it. I think I think number nine is a little high, but uh, I think uh, Roman Anthony is totally legit and is possibly better than Marcello Meyer.
0: Oh, that's, um, you have your flag planted, and I like it. I think I'm looking at MLB.com's top prospects, seeing where they rank him. Uh, he is... it's good races good uh good podcasting he is uh actually wow he's number
2: 99
0: that's why I took yeah. me so long to find <laughs> number 99 on mlb.com's top first.
2: i'm actually surprised to have him in the top 100 this is all a very recent thing because yeah. at low a he was doing nothing
0: wow so all right so for those listening this is the time to acquire roman anthony let's switch gears though let's talk about colson montgomery of the chicago white Sox, who is in high a right now Over the past week in 14 plate appearances, hit 286, had four RBIs, and on the season between two levels, not a lot of power, only 63 plate appearances, but two home runs over that time. 200 ISO, so maybe there is more power in that bat that I'm giving credit for, but that 30.8% walk rate really stands out to me, Vinny. Uh, Talk to me about Colson Montgomery. What should we know about him?
1: Yeah. If the name sounds familiar, Cosmo Montgomery, a 2021 first round pick for the White Sox. He was rumored to go to the Royals at 9 instead of Frank Mazacado. So, teams were very highly on him going into that draft. Last year he had a, he had an okay season. Towards the end, he suffered a back injury and was playing with a back injury. He really tapered off. Uh, the White Sox were very aggressive with him and actually sent him to Double-A Birmingham which now looking at it with the back injury, maybe shouldn't have done it. Uh, coming into this year, the back injury lingered on. Uh, he just started resuming playing about a month ago. Uh, he's He just came back from the uh, Arizona Complex League. But we're talking a healthy Colson Montgomery right now. He is a scary player right now to watch. Uh, since coming back to low A, he has a uh 15 15.4% k rate to a 30.8% walk rate he just does not strike out anymore like i remember watching him last year you know he was you know aggressive high school hitter fresh out of the draft you know usually you see that in you know high school prospects coming out of the draft especially one of his caliber from being a cold weather midwest guy um but no Something something changed here. He very or he put a lot of work in during the offseason. He physically looks more bulk. Like he he is very selective to the point at the plate where he he, he it's almost like an X factor. Like he can control in that bat now. And if we've seen what he's done in the past, even with being aggressive, the bat is easily carrying. So we're talking about, you know, a ceiling of a 60, 65 type of hit tool. You know, we're still waiting on the power, you know, with that back injury. I think we're going to have to wait a little longer now to see if the power comes. you don't want him really, you know, being very violent and aggressive with swinging. Like my only concerns with him are, you know, we might not see a big stolen base type of threat from him. You know, he has okay speed, but I think as he keeps on filling out, you know, he's maybe a, a 20 steel guy at the next level, maybe 30. Like, even with the new bases, like that's not I, that's that's my only concern, and I'm not really that concerned of it. But we're talking a 262 WRC plus. Mm-hmm. I, I I went back today and was going through rankings. I'm re-updating my top 100 list. Like I've come to the conclusion, like he's the inside of my top 10 right now in minor league baseball. He just there's a lot of similarities I see to him right now to 2021. Uh, Evan Carter, they almost they have a similar bat path, similar approach at the plate. I believe Colson Montgomery can get into that power, but yes, if you're you know White Sox fans, you best believe this kid is probably your shortstop of the future. Like, I know it's high A, but you you don't see this type of plate discipline with a kind of hit tool, especially with a kid this young. So, you know go out and get Cole on Montgomery while you can because people are really starting to catch on to his just crazy resurgence into high high. A. I don't expect him to be here much longer. I'm pretty sure we're going to see him bumped very soon. I would believe that he's also probably starting next year in triple A, like go get him now.
0: Do you see a Corey Seager ceiling for him? Cause I've looked and that was a couple comps that I saw for him.
1: Yeah. I could see Corey Seager. Um, Another interesting one I would say is, uh, oh like a, almost like a Andrew Benintendi, like they're very similar. You know, hit probably more hit than power, mm-hmm. but very athletic, body wise.
0: All right, I'm definitely interested to keep an eye on him. Colson Montgomery of the Chicago White Sox, another player that's making a top ten list on this show. So make sure you can acquire him now before it's too late. Let's talk about some pitching, Vinny and Jacob Mizorowski. Did I say it right? I know you've corrected me prior to the show. Did yes. I? Yes. All right. We're good. Uh, 21 years of age, and he's played in three levels this year: A, high A, and double A. 50.1 innings on the season, a 250 ERA, a 101 whip, a 31.2% strikeout rate. Uh, a lot of good things in his profile, Vinny. And the Brewers don't have necessarily a wealth of pitching this year like they usually do. You have Brandon Woodruff missed a lot of time with injury. Freddie Peralta has been incredibly inconsistent. Corbin Burns is, I don't even know if we'll be back with the team next year with the way the contract has played out. This looks like a guy that could be with the Milwaukee Brewers, I feel like sooner rather than later, the way he's been pitching.
1: Yeah. I'm actually very surprised about Mesorowski getting the bump, the double A so soon. Cause he spent maybe a little bit longer than a month in high A, but you know, Jacob Mesorowski, if the name sounds familiar, he's the guy that you saw all over Twitter, constantly throwing hundred at the futures game during the all-star weekend festivities. This kid is scary. Like I remember all the draft talk going into last year, uh, Jim Callis of, uh, of MLB Pipeline, this was his favorite pitching prospect that was going under the radar. He was a junior college guy, had some elbow issues, so there was a lot of questions with him, where he would go, where he would land. Fell into the uh, late second round. And let me tell you, the, 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 the arsenal that he has is absolutely mind-boggling. He has a fastball that I think they said averaged especially at the future scan, averaged like 99.6 or something like that. Like he's a two pitch mix pitcher right now, but his two pitches are double plots. He has a slider over 2,700 RPMs, absolute nasty late cut tumble. Like it's, it's a uh, beautiful pitch. Like it is absolutely flawless. Um, there are some concerns though. I know, some people believe that he might not he might not have the stamina to be a starter and could potentially transition to a bullpen but his two pitches play so good that I I really don't think he moves to the bullpen at he's probably a starting pitcher 3 at the highest um at Brewers wise I would say he's easily they're probably their best pitching prospect now I would say he's probably dethroned Robert Gasser mhm But still, for him to jump three levels this year, and he really had no trouble at all. Like, Carolina, you know, he only had 26 innings there. He had, like, one bad start, and his ERA looks like he was getting shelled. No, that's not the case. He had one game where he had, like, four earned runs. Don't worry about that. The Ks, though, the Ks are a different story. We're talking about 52 innings pushing 80 Ks. The fastball slider combo is definitely working. This will be the real chest, though, at double A. Usually, this is when we see when uh pitchers get exposed for their arsenal or you know their command. This is where we see the red flags. So, this will be interesting to watch him moving forward, especially with double A Biloxi.
0: Can't wait to see him. And is there a shot that he gets the call this year? You think, Vinny?
1: No, I don't think so. I think we. It would be far fetched. He'd probably hit his pitch limit before that. I would say there's a good chance, probably next
2: May. Barry what about early. getting the call as a reliever? I've heard some rumblings that that might happen for him.
1: That could happen. I don't. I just don't know if they'd do that unless they're in the playoffs. But even then, I don't think that'll happen. If best case scenario for him to pitch past. Uh, the season would probably maybe the Arizona fall league. I would say mm-hmm. we could potentially see him there. I feel like there's other pitchers in the organization that would get uh, run before him, like a Robert gas or like an Ethan small. It's like, they have a bunch of guys in triple a Nashville, but yeah, if we're talking about a-, a pitcher that's very hot right now, especially in stock for dynasty, Mazarowski's up there. Like he's easily a top 10 starting pitching prospect in baseball.
0: God, Ethan small. I feel like has been in triple a <laughs> forever. <laughs> He's been bouncing back and forth. I've uh, been hoping he'd succeed because he's one of the guys I actually remember when we brought up on the show for the first time he got the call. Just hasn't found that success yet at the major league level. Um, my, but- uh,
2: my, I was going to say before you move on, my big yeah. takeaway here is I believe that Mizorowski was drafted from the same junior college that Aaron Ashby was. And so I think next time I see the Brewers take a picture from this school, I am just, I'm taking them no questions asked. Yeah. Got some, some intel there or something. That is crazy.
0: Got Aaron Ashby, man. I, ever, I forgot all about him this year just because he's missed the whole season. Oh,
2: man. Yeah. They had
0: so much pitching, the Brewers. has yeah. just gone south so quickly.
1: Yeah, especially this year with the resurgence of Adrian Hauser out of nowhere. It's been like a carousel up there in Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, it's it's awful if you're a Brewers fan. But I'll tell you this, though, as woeful as things have been for the Brewers at times, it's been the opposite for the Arizona Diamondbacks, who have been surprisingly been a contender this year. All of their hitting prospects, they have so many amazing hitting prospects in their system. We don't normally talk about too many of their pitchers. And here's one we're going to talk about tonight in Yumin Lin, who is a lefty right now in high A and double A so far this season. Over the last week, six scoreless innings with eight strikeouts. And on the season, a 312 ERA, 109 whip, and 84 strikeouts over those 66 and a third innings pitched. So an 11.34 K per nine, Vinny, is very good. And the Arizona Diamondbacks, again, there has been a lot of pitching prospect for this team. We've seen Brandon Fat come up and fall kind of flat on his face. I don't think that's necessarily going to be a problem long-term. Tommy Henry hasn't looked great for them. Uh, it just, it, it seems like they're lacking outside of Zach Gallen, uh, some really good difference making pitching at the big league level. So let's talk about Lynn and tell me why Lynn could be down the road. Someone that could be a fixture in this rotation. Yeah.
1: yeah Lynn's very interesting because we saw him last year, a couple times really pop up on the, uh, the, the box score, uh, you know, we saw he was very efficient at uh, Loewe Visalia last year. Um, this year really took off. Like, they, they were very aggressive with him. They sent him to start the year in Hill- high Hillsborough, and he was just unhittable. Like, we're talking, you know, he's probably standing in his cleats, maybe 5'10". Like, he's a small-statured guy, and he's dicing up a pretty stacked – you know, high A West. Like you they, you know, he had to face, you know, the Giants farm system a couple times, the Seattle farm system a couple times. Like he a lot of ambush fastball hitters, and he does not have a good fastball. That is not in any means his his go-to pitch. His three go-to pitches are a, a plus curveball, a plus slider, and a double plus changeup. Let me tell you, if we're talking about a guy that, you know. I, he's not on the 40 man roster for the Diamondbacks this year. I could easily see them making a move later this year to potentially get him run out of the bullpen for a potential postseason. Mm. Like, it's not, I'm, how to word this? Uh, It's not like power stuff. Like, I I think he'll be able to be a a solid starter, like, Four or five, I, there's now. I don't think there's up, uh, any kind of ace upside or two, three starting pitcher in him. The off-speed pitches that he possesses and how good his command is and his pitch ability makes him a very lethal asset. Like he knows how to ambush. He knows how to ambush hitters and not be careless with it. Like he knows how to cover his mistakes. Mm-hmm. He did very good. You know, with his transition, he just got called up to double A, had a very good start against a very good fastball ambushing team. Um, you know, made like one mistake, nothing too crazy, gave up two hits. One was an extra base hit. But watching him pitch, it, it looks like he should, he should probably be in triple A. Like he is miles ahead of the double A competition. And it's only been one game. So, you know, I, this could just be me overacting over one start watching him translate from high a to double a i see no problems at all i i see nothing like he, he looks like he's still pitching in high a you know the curveball is an awesome hammer setup pitch you know if he does improve on this fastball or any other you know if he wants to lead with a changeup or his slider his fat, or his changeup is an awesome secondary pitch The slider is very good, but at times he does lack command with it. That is my only concern. Changeup is very good. Sits mid-80s, has a lot of tumble to it. Uh, I would love to see what uh, his spin rate is on his changeup because that thing is nasty. Sometimes it looks like it's almost to the point where it's almost as deceptive that it almost looks like a fastball. Like His fastball and changeup are pretty similar. Usually you see that uh, pretty often with left-handed pitchers. But, yeah, if we're talking about a guy that might – yeah, we might see this year out of the bullpen for a playoff run, Diamondbacks. youman Lin's a guy to watch.
2: I have a couple questions for you, Benny. The first is uh, I, he's, I see him listed at 160 pounds. You mentioned he's kind of – he's not your biggest pitcher. Um, so he probably has a pretty small frame. I've never seen this guy. But is there some projectability to his frame that could make his fastball even tick to another plus offering for him? Or is that always going to be a weakness of his –
1: I physically, I think he's tapped out. Usually I don't, usually you don't see pitchers. uh, Once they start getting into like their early twenties, usually you don't see pitchers jump up physically because they don't want to risk any kind of injury to the arm or anything like that. You usually won't see them on a very aggressive, like weight, uh, weight routine or anything like that. So I'm going to say no, but like I said, I I think the fastball is serviceable enough that even if it's not a like a plus pitch, if it's an average pitch, it still gets it done really well. Maybe they work on it during the off with some drive line stuff or something like that. Maybe get a little bit more uh, you know spin on it, something. But yeah, he's he's becoming a really hot name in dynasty, especially if we're talking like big accounts like you know, uh, Clegg and Cross. Like they're all over him now. And, you know, I can see there's some upside with this kid that maybe he is better than a uh, starting pitcher for if he works on the fastball. So he's a good uh, flyer to take.
0: All right. That's human uh, Lin of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Let's talk about people that were promoted, notable promotions over the last week to the big leagues. And Christian encarnacion Strand, we touched on at the beginning of the show, finally got the call up. Hit a go-ahead three-run homer yesterday. So uh, he's somebody I expect to continue to be up with the Reds all season. Andy Rodriguez, the catcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Him and Henry Davis both uh, at the catcher position coming up and, and being a big part of the Pittsburgh Pirates, even though Henry Davis is playing a little bit more outfield now. Quinn Priester of the Pittsburgh Pirates as well, also getting the call. And Tyler Sodestrom of the Oakland Athletics. He is... Uh, part of another little bit of a youth movement going on in Oakland. Uh, So excited to see these guys get the call and be able to produce for their big league clubs. Let's talk about prospect watch, players that are in the lower levels of the minor leagues that have caught our eye. And I want to start off first here with Yoferi Rodriguez, Vinny. uh, In the Dominican League right now, 17 years of age, 136 plate appearances, a 294 batting average, and 449 OBP. He's got a 21.3% walk rate and 11 stolen bases. Uh, we are got a Milwaukee theme going tonight with you, Vinny, but this is somebody that I'm sure many of our listeners or watchers have not heard of.
1: Yeah, this guy right now, he's slipped under the radar for this year's J15 uh, uh, class, uh, especially first-year player drafts. He, really, he wasn't a big name for the Brewers, at least uh, when it comes to uh, like their, their money spent. But this kid is really turning some heads. You usually don't see a 17-year-old at the Dominican Summer League right out of being signed put up the kind of K-to-walk rate he has while also having a good average with extra base hits, home runs, stuff like that. This, you know, if we're going to start hinting towards The offseason, this right now is my probably sleeper for next year to really take a leap forward, depending on how aggressive the Brewers get with him this year. I I doubt with it being already late July, we see him go to the Arizona Complex League, but I'm not going to rule it out because I've seen crazier stuff happen. But we're talking about a 17-year-old, you know, still has a while before turning 18 at a very good Projectable, uh, projectable body at six one one eighty five. You know he's a lefty, lefty. so a left-handed hitter, and he throws lefty. It's the some of the video that I saw out of the Dominican Republic. Pub, you know he gives me vibes of like an early, almost kind of like a your uh not a Dan Alvarez, but like a Josue de la Paula, mm-hmm. and we know how big he blew up this year going into this year. Like he is a big statured, athletic. Left handed hitter, you know, he might not have the power of DePaula, but he easily has the hit tool. I would argue probably a 55 60 hit tool, but with that kind of frame, I could easily see him getting into 50 60 type of power. Like, we we don't know what he's going to look like at the end of his body progression, which could really throw everything a whack. But you know, he's a solid outfielder, uh, average, maybe above average arm. Um, but yeah, if we if we look at the track record right now with how the Brewers have been producing all these J15 guys, this is a guy to write down. We've seen it with Churio. We're now starting to see it with Luis Lara, and it almost looks like Yafri Rodriguez is probably the next guy to start knocking on the prospect lists and everyone's doors because he has some scary tools with some scary potential.
0: Oh man, that's exciting, Yafri uh, Rodriguez. Somebody that, um, even next year, like you said, people are going to be talking about him more where he'll be a name. That's just common everywhere.
1: Yeah. I feel as we get into the off season and there's like, when everyone starts doing their deep dives for next year, he's going to be a very hot name, especially if he keeps this walk to strikeout rate going, he's probably going to be a very hot name.
0: All right. You've heard it here first. Yo, Ferry Rodriguez, keep an eye on him, especially in your dynasty leagues. If You're able to get him for cheap right now. Let's close out the show with our last segment, which is our who's next players that we think just our prediction will get the call. And I know that you wanted to talk about Evan Carter here, Vinny of the Texas Rangers Rangers, just what they need more offense, right? Well, it looks like they could come in a big way with Evan Carter in double a nine home runs, 11 stolen bases, a three Oh two batting average, Everything across the board seems great. Uh, And and I don't know if you did this before the show, Vinny, or this was just coincidence, but Adolis Garcia got hit with a pitch. Is that why you put him in?
1: I was going to bring that up. No, I did not see that until I was uploading the slides. So that was a coincidence.
0: I mean, it seems like the path is right there now with this, right? Especially if it's something that could be long-term.
1: Yeah, especially with how advanced Evan Carter is as a hitter, you know, I was going to say before the Adoles Garcia injury, we don't know what it is yet, but he did leave the game with no feeling in his arm. Hopefully a stinger. I would hope please be a stinger for my dynasty's sake, please, please. But uh, yeah, if we're talking about an impactful bat that could potentially, you know, doesn't have to start every day in the outfield could potentially DH. He could be, you know, thrown anywhere in the outfield. We're talking about Evan Carter, like, he produces at the highest level. He's very advanced. He's older than he should be at double a, you know, we've, we've been very, we've been, oh, I can't think of the word, but we've been very, uh, very rich to the fact of a lot of 20 year olds having success in double a of recent, because this a couple of years ago, this was unheard of, but yeah, I could easily see them calling him up especially if they're in a playoff run and if they don't want to go and, you know, pay for one of these big bats at the deadline, Evan Carter could easily impact a lineup and he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to single-handedly put a lineup on his back, especially with a lineup Mm -hmm. like the Rangers. So he's a very interesting guy to watch, especially now with the Adoles Garcia news. I, I can't think of anyone on the top of my head that would have priority to him. So this, yeah, this is something to watch. Unless they really get crazy and start throwing Ezekiel Duran out in the outfield, like that would be the only reason I could see them not potentially calling him up. But yeah, my pick's Evan Carter.
0: With you saying that, it made me think of something. Did you see ESPN's projected trade package for Shohei otani from the Rangers yes, today? Yes, I did. Did you laugh?
1: Yes, I, I've been laughing at all of the fake mock trades the past couple days. Wait,
0: what was, I have not seen it yet. What is it? Oh God, it was, it was uh Zekiel Duran. I think Evan was, I don't know if Evan Carter was I part think of it.
1: it uh, I think it was, it was Duran uh, maybe. Jack Lighter, Jack Lighter and Owen White. I want to say,
2: I'm sure they would love to. No, there was Jack another issue. It it was there?
0: Oh, yeah, uh, it, it was like literally like for a, a couple month rental. Cause he's not signing there. Um,
1: some of these trade, let me tell you, some of these trades I've been seeing on Twitter, especially from, you know, MLB network and some of these, uh, some of these big named organizations, you might need to, you might want to double check what's some prospect guys before you do it. Cause they've been oh, pretty yeah. brutal.
2: What about,
0: um, before we get out of here, Josh, your thoughts too? Rays are going to Ray Curtis Mead was Mike's pick of who he thinks is going to get the call but and obviously deserves it over 300 batting average he's got 25 RBIs K rate 16% walk rate near 10% I just feel like the raise, you know between him and a couple other guys they they have ready to go in triple A I just I feel like it's never going to happen uh do you guys think that any chance he gets the call barring
2: an, an injury uh I so curtis meade he put, kind of put me on the spot here wasn't wasn't ready to talk about him but he is a guy at the beginning of the year someone i was super high on mm-hmm. um and is and has struggled i don't the if you have those stats uh still david uh but i don't no, know I'm if home. he's been if he's been heating up but i don't think he's really forced the issue and i don't really think the Rays necessarily have a reason to call them up, but they might have blown first place today. I've, I'm a, I've been I I hopped right on after work uh, to to this podcast, so I don't I didn't catch it, but I think if the the Rays are stumbling right now, but I don't know how much of that can be fixed by adding a bat mm-hmm. uh, like Curtis Mead. I think that their issues are all pitching related, so I think I think it's unlikely that that Curtis Mead gets gets the call uh, like anytime in the immediate future towards the end of the season when rosters expand sure but i I don't think anytime that soon but what what do you think Vinny?
1: i think if kirstmead comes up it's going to be injury based Mm -hmm. especially right now because he did have the injury this year he has come back and he's been pretty good at triple a uh he has a 290 average uh since uh joining um uh, since joining back with Durham calling him up right now uh, could really hurt his trade value I know he's been one of the names that all the teams have been rumored to you know want in a return for an arm or a decent bat you know like a Stroman or a Giolito something like that he's like one of their big ticket items so yeah calling him up and risking a struggle and decrease in his value especially trade-wise I don't see it happening but like I said, if an injury happens, he is on the 40-man roster. Mm-hmm. I would guess he has priority over you know, a Basabe or an Aranda. So mate, it's, it's possible. We've seen, especially this year with call-ups, we've seen some crazy call-ups this year, like mm-hmm. Bryce Miller, Brian, Brian Wu, uh, just reported five minutes ago, Prelander Bar- uh, Baroa has been called up to the the, the Mariners. He's starting tomorrow like we've seen some crazy stuff
2: happen so i'm not going to rule it out at all we
0: well, did, he did I, just I have a five day game uh, a couple days ago i was going to say
2: i'm seeing that since he got he since he's been back in durham he's he's slashing 429 479 643 so he's definitely hitting quite well uh it's definitely making people forget about those april struggles he had before he got injured but yeah, yeah.
0: And at this point in the year, it's definitely very hard to predict calls, which again it could happen anywhere at any time. But these are just our shots for this week. Uh, but that's going to wrap us up here for, for the show, Josh. Man, I uh, I didn't lead this in the beginning, but for those that are watching or listening, Josh is going to be hopefully if everything lines up, going to be taking over for me in terms of hosting, uh, and he's going to be with us. I'm still going to be hosting along with Josh uh, over the next few weeks before my daughter is born. Uh, but once she comes, I need to take a step back. And Josh is one of the best hosts, one of the best people out there. And so this is kind of your guys, just get a a first taste of Josh and everything he brings to the table. And again, it's a lot, uh, just personality, knowledge, everything you guys are going to get with him. So if you guys really enjoy Josh being on the show, I would appreciate you guys show the love in the comments below on YouTube. Or just even on a podcast, just, you know, nice, write a review, tell how great Josh is doing, popping in here, uh, mid- mid-season. And, of course, Vinny, man, Vinny kills it every single week, so show him love as well. But, Josh, I want to give you a chance, man. Uh, anything you want our listeners to take away from today, uh, of course, where they can find you on Twitter or any other thing that you want our audience to know
2: um i was telling you before the show but i i would not recommend me as a twitter follow at the moment but if you do want to follow me i am at ut streamer you will only find me tweeting about the red Sox on occasion and then every once in a while um given given alex cora my business is i'm just not a fan of uh, alex cora but i'm not going to get into that but uh you're gonna, you're gonna see. I, I see everything through the lens of the Red Sox. I, I'm, I, it's a problem. But uh, you're gonna get a lot more Red Sox. Uh, David mentioned. I, I know the system pretty well, and uh, a little, uh, just a little bit of a, uh, oh, oh, okay. There's some breaking news in the chat that got yeah. me distracted. I'll finish my thought real quick. <laughs> but he, uh, you said I knew a lot of the system. I'll spoiler alert. I like them all, uh, so I'm sure you'll be hearing more of the Red Sox players I like in in the coming weeks and months. Uh, but do we want to talk about this uh, this breaking this breaking news here, Benny?
1: Yeah, we can touch about this. They haven't they haven't announced what the return is for him yet, but the Oakland Athletics just traded Shintaro Fujinami to the Baltimore Orioles. Mm-hmm. Which if we're talking no. about a name that really wasn't rumored, especially on to be available in trades. Like this is this is out of left field and very aggressive for the Orioles, too.
0: I mean uh, what, what do they shocking, do with him? He had an 857 ERA in just under 50 innings this year. Uh they said no pitcher with 40 or more frames has allowed more than eight earned runs per nine. He's <laughs> he's been bad. I mean, he couldn't have I'm sure it wasn't much, but it, what do you is there like are they looking at him like a specialist? Uh i, I it's been really bad.
1: Yeah, I um obviously they saw something uh, at least enough, maybe there's something they can fix with him. Maybe he's maybe a five. I don't, I don't know. This is like I said, a lot of left field. I saw some rumors a couple days ago that, that Baltimore did have, or uh, Oakland had scouts at Baltimore Oriole affiliates. So mm-hmm. this kind of this now, now I know why.
0: Yeah. This is
1: sense. very interesting. Cause I don't know what they would give up. I, I don't think it would be anything tremendous. But this is definitely yeah. an interesting move. And it's very, uh, very shocking this this early, too, ahead of the deadline.
0: Mm-hmm. Come for the prospects. Stay for the breaking news here on the call-up. <laughs> for Josh, for Vinny, I'm David. We'll be back with Mike next week joining the, the show, of course. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for watching.